The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Have you ever stopped to think that the best and worst place to live is in your mind? Think about it. We can create our own destiny or our own downfall. It all has to do with the way that we choose to think and see things. Welcome to Uplift Your Life, Nourishment of the Spirit, with your host, Dr. Paula Joyce. Dr. Paula is here with her guest experts to show you just how to change that negative way of thinking and see your world in a positive light. Now, here is Dr. Paula. Welcome to Uplift Your Life, Nourishment of the Spirit. I'm your host, Dr. Paula, the Life Doctor, and I'm grateful to be here with and for you today. You are all part of a global community with fellow listeners in literally every corner of the world. Thank you for being here with and for me and for continuing to spread the word to your friends, relatives, and colleagues. A special note of gratitude goes to our listeners around the world in the country countries of India, Australia, and Portugal, and in the states of Pennsylvania, Nebraska, and Oregon. Welcome, and thank you all for your continuing support. Please, because you keep tuning in and listening, and please keep tuning in and listening, Uplift Your Life, Nourishment of the Spirit is celebrating three years of being on the air and of being a top-ranked show here on the Voice America Talk Radio Network, the oldest and most widely listened to online talk radio network. Thank you for listening and making this show success possible. I love hearing from you, so please keep sending me your questions and comments. My May column in Dallas Yoga Magazine is now available in print and on the web. As Dr. Paula, the Life Doctor, I'm answering your questions in my Ask Dr. Paula column. Please click on the Ask Dr. Paula email link on this page to send me your questions. I'll answer them on the air or in the magazine. You can go to DallasYogaMagazine.com for my May column. Intuition is your friend, or any of my previous columns. As always, please let me know what you think. And now for your tip for the week from my ebook, 33 Tips for Self Empowerment. I wrote this book because when you are self-empowered, you are connected to your limitless higher self, your soul, as you learn to hear the still small voice within over the loud voices of others, you will begin to feel at peace because your limitless higher self gives has direct access to the divine it is through this connection that miracles occur like unexpected healing healthy relationships joy and wealth so please use these tips my tip for this week is in honor of our topic today be grateful 
People who are grateful are happier. Manifestation is most successful from an attitude of gratitude. Start and or end each day reciting or writing the things that you are grateful for. Include what you usually take for granted like breathing, shelter, food, seeing, hearing. This is a good thing for you to practice as a parent because children learn by your example. It's also good to do with them to help them learn how to see every situation from a positive perspective. There are always silver linings. We can turn trauma into triumph by being grateful for what we are learning, how we are growing in compassion, wisdom, and knowledge. Not everything in life is smooth and easy. The key to living in joy or in misery is how you talk about and think about your experiences. Are you able to find laughter, gratitude, new strength, new skills? Do you start your morning with gratitude for being alive one more day or with worry about meeting your deadlines? What are you teaching your children? Gratitude decreases stress and worry. At the very least, help them end each day and begin each day with thoughts of gratitude. There's a lot of wisdom in the song title, Count Your Blessings Instead of Sheep. My next workshop, Financial Abundance, What You Don't Know, is backed by popular demand. Financial abundance is a gift of love from the divine. As a child of infinite love, it is your birthright. All you have to do is remove the hidden blocks to receiving, know you, know you are deserving, and open the door. Since there are numerous layers of consciousness from the surface levels of the conscious mind to the deep deepest levels of the unconscious mind, the process of bringing financial abundance into your life does not always happen immediately. Commitment, patience, faith, trust, and gratitude are the keys to nurturing your path to lasting financial abundance. What makes this financial abundance workshop different is that during our time together, you will discover and remove your hidden blocks, experience the feeling of deserving open your mind and heart to receiving. Learn how to recognize and be grateful for every step along the way and get techniques to use on your own. We'll be at CSL Dallas on Saturday, May 20th. And if you don't live in Dallas, contact me to present this workshop or another one in your area like overcoming abuse or creative problem solving. Choosing to be positive, choosing to think, see, feel, and act in new and healthier ways is the heart of Uplift Your Life, Nourishment of the Spirit. We all have choices, but we can't make the best choices for ourselves if we don't know what the options are. This show provides you with new information on health and healing with an emphasis on spirituality and the connection between our thoughts, emotions, and physical and mental health. We can all choose happiness, gratitude, abundance, love, peace, and positivity as we allow ourselves to know the truth of our own experiences, 
feel the pain of our past or present life and let it go. We open ourselves up to the joy of being fully alive in every moment. We change the energy in our body and literally become younger and healthier, feel lighter and have more energy. We truly know and feel the joy, beauty, and love in our lives. My show helps you do that by providing you with new information, perspectives, and techniques, inspirational stories, and guests who are thought leaders in their field, like our guest today, Dr. Arthur Sierra Micoli, who is back for a third visit. His first two shows with us on The Stress Solution, August 18th last year and January 26th this year, were so meaningful that I had to have him back to tell us how to help our children cope with fear, stress, and chaos. Last week's show with Atherton Drenth was helpful for adults wanting to use spiritual tools to release their fears. She shared with us the near-death experience that led her on the journey to becoming a healer. She was in the hospital when an angel appeared, telling her that she could choose life or death. Her exhaustion led her to choose death, and until she started to leave her body, she had instant regret and returned to her body. She went to a healer and recovered in three months instead of the doctor's estimate of two years. Atherton shared powerful tools with us for cleansing ourselves of negative energy, breaking cords of fear that keep us stuck in misery, and clearing the energy in our homes. Just like we wash our body and vacuum our home, we must cleanse our bodies, relationships, and living areas of the energy that prevents our happiness and good fortune. As we learn to clear these negative energies and replace them with love energy, our lives improve. Atherton thanked me for my insightful questions. To listen to this show, I encourage you to click on the episode link on this page. For more on releasing fears, you can listen to our March 12, 2015 show with Rabbi David Stern and Dr. Arthur Sierra Micoli's two previous shows. You can hear these shows or any others that you may have missed or want to listen to again. That's the beauty of having the shows on demand. You have easy access any time of day or night, allowing you to listen when it fits your schedule or needs. Now it's time for my silver lining story. My own journey of healing from years of stress, worry, and anxiety has resulted in my having learned a number of spiritual tools and techniques to let go of old fears, release new fears in the moment, and protect myself from taking on those new fears of, my, of mine or of other people's. Although many adults are now doing these things for themselves, not many of us are teaching them to our children, and certainly it is not part of our school instruction. I believe that the increase in ADHD, tick disorders, autism, depression, and anxiety in children can be prevented if we give children spiritual tools to release stress and to protect themselves. Not everything can be solved through counseling 
or just good parenting. Numerous studies have shown how negative or positive energy can collect in a room and be picked up by others. Although all of us are at risk, some people are more sensitive and susceptible than others. And children especially are innocent, open, and vulnerable. Last week, I shared a spiritual technique that I use to remove negative emotions, anxiety, and fears while strengthening, balancing, and empowering my emotional body. You can do this for yourself. You can also do it for your children. During infancy, even, you can do it with them as they get older and beside them as they grow, and then eventually they can start to do it on their own. When they are very young, if you say it out loud, you will also be teaching it to them and making it part of their normal existence. Basically, what you're doing is surrounding them in love and in specific colors that will cleanse, heal, and protect their energy field. Begin by calling in the universal heart of love to surround them in three colors. First pink, then turquoise, then white. You now have three universal hearts of love surrounding them with pink being closest to them, turquoise in the middle, and white on the outside. Now imagine a gold cord going from the base of their heart into the center of the earth. This grounding cord will help neutralize all negative energies, fears, and anxiety. Do this at least in the morning and at night and as often as you need to during the day. The universal heart of love is the strongest healing energy I have found because it carries the energy of pure love. And where there is love, there cannot be fear. New methods of healing are being discovered that use vibration and frequency. Color and sound are part of this new approach to healing. It's important that you understand this and teach it to your children just like you teach them to read, write, and do math. This information is essential for their physical, psychological, and emotional health and well-being. Pink and turquoise heal our emotions and white provides protection. Each color vibrates at a different frequency, providing different kinds of healing. Just to expand a bit, green is good for physical healing, and blue heals our thoughts. Teach our children these kinds of strategies in order to help them let go of negative emotions and thoughts, quickly process life experiences, and bring happiness and joy into their lives. If you begin when children are very young, you can use their imaginations and their connection to the spiritual realm, which is always stronger in young children than fear, than before fear causes them to doubt. You can have them make up stories of what they want in their life and what it would feel like if they had it. Help them visualize and express their wishes and hopes. If all they focus on is their fears, those fears will manifest. Some fears are real, but only 8% of what we worry about actually happens. If we can't prevent it, we need to find ways to enjoy our life rather than destroying happiness with what might or might not happen. 
teach them the concept of the serenity prayer. If they can do something about their fear, do it. If there's nothing they can do, teach them to use spiritual tools to clear the fear. Say a prayer. Turn it over to God and enjoy what is happening in the moment. Our guest today understands how to help people cope with stress. Dr. Arthur Sierra Micoli is a licensed clinical psychologist and chief medical officer of soundminds.org, a popular mental health platform with three apps. Currently in private practice, he's been on the faculty of Harvard Medical School, chief psychologist of Metro West Medical Center, and lecturer for the American Cancer Society. He's the author of several books, including The Stress Solution. You're listening to Uplift Your Life, Nourishment of the Spirit, and I'm your host, Dr. Paula, the Life Doctor. If you want to get uplifting messages between shows, click on the link to like us on Facebook. With all the violence, hurtful words, anger, and fear that's being spread, we must find a way to keep ourselves positive. Only like and follow the people who add positivity to the world. The answer to hate is love, as Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. said. Hate cannot drive out hate. Only love can do that. While listening to the commercials, use the link on this page to like us on Facebook. Then friend me and I will help you be part of the solution. Click on the link to read about and register for financial abundance, what you don't know, or to schedule one in your area. Go to calendar of events and see your question for today. Stay tuned. We'll be right back with Dr. Arthur Sierra Micoli, who is back to tell us how to help our children cope with fear, stress, and chaos. Success starts here. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. It's your world. Be the best that you can be. Dr. Paula invites you to meet with her for a -a one-of-a-kind breakthrough coaching session. Dissolve hidden barriers to your goals, solve your most challenging problems, and unleash your inner power. Visit PaulaJoyce.com or call Dr. Paula, the Life Doctor, at 214-208-3533 to find out more and to schedule your free consultation. Whether it's individual or group, business or personal, attain success with ease. Mention that you heard this on Uplift Your Life and receive 10% off your first service. Call 214-208-3533 or visit PaulaJoyce.com today. Time for a fresh perspective from leadership development to team building and re-imaging your mission. Dr. Paula has game-changing speeches and presentations crafted just for you. She has helped leading experts solve their key challenges and can help you too while reducing stress and increasing your profitability. With Dr. Paula, you will find common ground in innovative solutions. Start now with a free consultation. Call Dr. Paula, the Life Doctor, today at 214-208-3533 or visit paulajoyce.com. Live up to your fullest potential. This is the Voice America Empowerment Channel. You are listening to Uplift Your Life, Nourishment of the Spirit with Dr. Paula Joyce. To reach the show today, please call 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to Dr. Paula Joyce at gmail.com. Now, back to Uplift Your Life, Nourishment of the Spirit. 
If you're just tuning in, I'm your host, Dr. Paula, the Life Doctor, and you're listening to Uplift Your Life, Nourishment of the Spirit. I always appreciate hearing from you, my listeners, and as a top-ranked show, when you choose to advertise with me, you reach hundreds of thousands of people. If this interests you or if you want to help sponsor the show or become part of the conversation, please call 888 888- Three four six nine one four one or email drpaulajoyce at gmail.com. I value you and what you have to say, so please let me know what's on your mind and heart. I hope you wrote down whether you know what your children's worries are. I'm so pleased to welcome Dr. Arthur Sierra Micoli, who's back to tell us how to help our children cope with fear, stress, and chaos. Welcome back, Arthur. It is such a joy to have you on the show again. Well, thank you very much, Paul. It's very kind of you to ask me to be on again. I'm delighted to be with you again. And uh, as I was saying to you during the break, I already feel calmer listening to your introduction. Well, and thank you. And then I know I'm doing my job. <laughs> yes, that's right. Well, you know, our, as you've said, our nervous systems talk to each other, right? Uh, exactly. And it it is so profound, and yet we don't teach children this. And mm-hmm. so they may walk in, into a room, not understand why they feel horrible, um, and discount it because they're somewhere where they're supposed to feel good. And so their yeah. minds take over. How, how do we help children honor and recognize and deal with the realities of this um, of, of as you say, I love the scientific um, uh, uh, take on it or, or way of expressing it of our nervous systems talking to each other. Yeah. Yes. Well, I, you know, I think one of the most important things in our very fast-paced culture, and we know that you know parents spend about 24 to 30 hours less with their children than they did 25 years ago. So not only do we spend as much time with our children, the quality of the time has been diminished because people feel so stressed. And when we're stressed, we produce the hormone cortisol, the stress hormone cortisol, which makes us nervous. It makes our thinking more negative. It causes weight gain, inflammation, and it breaks down muscle tissue, and it causes anxiety and memory loss. So when we're communicating with cortisol in our systems, we don't listen very well. And the amazing thing is when, when we learn how to listen, what I call empathic or holy listening, when we learn how to listen carefully and slowly, when we give and receive empathy, we produce oxytocin, this near miracle neurotransmitter that makes us feel calm and generous and more empathic, increases our well-being. It makes children feel secure. It makes them much less uh, likely to pursue addictive substances. It increases trust. It makes them open for love. So when we're truly listening and when we teach our children to listen as well, the giving and receiving of empathy, which is a most amazing thing to me, that it actually produces a brain change that causes all these positive influences. On the other hand, when we come home and we're stressed and we're moving fast and we're not really listening, and as one of my patients, a dad who actually won my group sessions this morning, he said, I'm always reloading when my kids are talking to me. And I said, what do you mean reloading? He said, I'm, you know, my son told me I'm always reloading. I'm always thinking what I'm going to say while he's talking and then I'm interrupting and I'm not really listening. And I said, yeah. And, and then I said, uh, I guess that's why... 
he doesn't want to talk to me often. And I said, well, of course, because you're talking to him in a stressful way. You're talking to him as if everything is rushed. And you're, you're not really producing that calming neurochemical brain change by being more empathic and slowing down. You know, slowing down is a key phrase of empathy. When we slow down and we listen in that empathic way, we make a brain change in the other person and we make them feel calmer. We make our kids feel more secure and they're more, opening to, they're more open to listen and to giving us some information about how their day was. That is is so profound, and I I, I wanted to um, to talk a, a, about that slowing down and helping them feel calmer. I also wanted to first though get to that point where that you made about how we're so busy preparing a response that we don't really hear what the person is saying because we're in our head rather than in our heart trying yes. to um, feel and and relate rather than answer. Yes. And it's really, Paula, as you know, why we need to pay our attention to our body and and the physical cues that we're getting. I mean, if it, you can tell if you can hear your own voice. You can hear how fast you're talking. You can hear whether you know, and you, you know whether you feel calm inside, and your own speech will tell you that. But you have to be open to awareness to that cue. And when we know we're moving that fast and we're talking that quickly and we're reloading, as that dad said, we say, okay, I'm, gee, I'm sorry. You know, I, I've had a stressful day and I wasn't really listening to you. Please try to convey that to me again. And you try to slow down, and when you slow down, you become more thoughtful. And the other person realizes that you're, you're truly interested, you're truly curious in either what your spouse or your children want to tell you. But when we're moving fast and we're producing that stress hormone cortisol, we're much more likely to make snap judgments. You know, and empathy doesn't categorize based on past experiences, but sees human beings as always unique and, and is open to a new experience. And when we're when we're, when we're moving fast and making snap judgments, we, we don't really hear the uniqueness of what a person is trying to express. And, and I guess that's why so, mo- so many of us feel misunderstood and, um, and alone. Yeah. Well, because we, as human beings, as you know, we all want to be understood. We want to be heard. And, you know, in the business world, there's been so many studies now that prove that, you know, the E quotient, that the empathy quotient is three times more important than IQ. Because, and, and when, when Harvard and Stanford business schools did a study trying to figure out why their MBA graduates weren't as, as successful as they thought they would be in the corporate world, they studied over 500 corporations in the country. And what was the answer they found? They're, they're, the people that work for them did not feel heard and they did not feel understood. And what is that? That's empathy. Empathy means that you enter the world of another person. You understand the uniqueness of the people who work for you or work with you. And in, in a minute, you can let somebody know that you're listening, even if you can't listen to them at length. Even if you, instead of you looking, saying abruptly, I'm busy right now, I can't talk to you. I can't answer your question right now, but if you leave a message on my phone, I'll get right back to you, but I'm on my way to a meeting. You know, both of those responses took seconds. But one conveys an understanding and an interest in the other person. The other conveys irritation and impatience. 
which makes a person want to go away from you, not want to come in and engage. Well, you also have to be present in that moment and not on your way to the next thing. Yes, yes. And, and I think most of us are always on the way to the next thing as opposed to truly being where we are. And, and it's unfortunate that, you know, people don't learn till later in life that what we all long for is to be heard and understood, as you said, and to be loved and to, and to form deep, in-depth relationships. But when we, when we work too much, and as I say in the book, when we work too much, sleep too little, love with half a heart, and then we wonder why we're unhappy, unhealthy, intense. Well, of course we are. You know, we know Americans sleep less. We know we exercise less. We have, we're number one in obesity in the civilized world, and stress throws off the blood sugar levels, so it actually increases weight gain. It increases the size of fat cells. So we, we really have to monitor our stress levels and, and continue to realize that that stress hormone it makes us fearful, it makes us gain weight, and it makes us very poor black and white listeners. And when we give and receive empathy and we have that brain change that comes with it, we feel comfortable, secure, and we're in a position to give and receive love and to form deeper friendships. Yeah, you know, it, it occurs to me because I remember um, not when I was not a very good listener, and um and it took me a long time. I mean, I, I set a goal for myself of becoming a, a better listener. And But it's so hard. It takes effort and time and commitment. And I'm wondering if there's a way to engage our children in that process as they get older. Of course, when they're very little, it's, it's harder. But if they're older, like I'm thinking about this man and his teenage son, I'm assuming teenage, um, mm-hmm. okay, who, um, who was able to say, Dad, you're you're uploading, you're or downloading, whatever it was. I.e., you're not listening. Mm-hmm. Um, if we can give that feedback to each other, and obviously there's something working in that relationship, or the kid wouldn't have had the courage and the safety to say that to his father. Yes, yes, and that that you're absolutely right. You're right that that the boy is an adolescent. And you're right that he feels safe enough with his dad because his dad's a very good person and tries very hard to be a good father and a parent. But his dad is an anxious, fast-paced CEO. I mean, he, he's in a world where he's always traveling and he's tired when he comes home. And then he asks the young boy a million questions. And it, it's not, I always say to him, I always say to parents in general, if you can't have fun with your kids, if you can't roll up your sleeves, get down on the floor, play with them, enjoy them, look at the world through their eyes, because their eyes, as you talked in your introduction, they're so much more grateful than we tend to be, because they see all the wonder of the world, and it reminds us of the wonder of the world. So when we slow down and get into their world, especially young children, we relax, we feel calmer, and we feel more connected. And yes, that boy felt that he knows his dad tries, so he feels free to question him and to say, Dad, you're not listening. But we have to take that in, and if we don't make the adjustment, they stop asking. They just sort of turn off and go away. And then you get one-word answers. 
Yes, so we need to truly be, want to change and truly be invested in the effort to change and to make it a, an, a, a group or a joint effort because a conversation is two-way. It's not just one. And so I'm trying, am I succeeding? Yeah. Um, it's, uh, it, I, I, you know, I don't know why, but this is coming into my mind, so I'll just say it. I remember one time with my teenage son, um, maybe it's because we're talking about parent-son relationships. I remember he, he was in high school and certainly not wanting to listen to anything his mother said. Mm-hmm. And I remember saying to him, I have something I want to tell you. Do you want to listen? Mm-hmm. And he said no. And it, one of the hardest things I ever did was not to say it anyway. Yes, yes. <laughs> but by, yeah. by, yeah. by the next morning yeah. or afternoon, he said, all right, what do you want to tell me? <laughs> and, you know, and, and isn't that so true? Because I was just meeting with a single mom and her son, and he's uh, 15. And he said, you know, I get in the car after lacrosse practice, and my mom says, so how did it go? What did the coach say? And he says, Mom, I don't really want to talk about it. And then he says, and then she asked me seven more questions. And he said, and then I really don't want to talk about it. And I think if she just gave him a, a little room to breathe, like you're saying, he probably would talk eventually. Uh, exactly, but they have to feel some control, like they're in charge of this relationship too. It's not all because they're striving for their independence. And what I figured out too that helped me was the logic that I could say it, but he really didn't have to hear it. And mm-hmm. if he says, yes, I'm willing to listen now, then what I say may have a chance of registering. Yes, yes. I always said to our, I mean, we have two adult daughters now, but I always said to them, especially in the teenage years, they'd say, well, Dad, what do you think? And I said, do you really want to know? And a lot of times (laughs) in the beginning, they'd say no. (laughs) And then the next day, and I'd say, okay. And then the next day, I knew they would be curious. Okay, what do you really think? I said, you you sure you want to know? That boy that came over who didn't even say hello to me and walk right past me, and this new girlfriend you have who, who opened our refrigerator door and didn't and like she lives here. Um, do you want to know what I think of that? No, no, not really, because I think I already know. Okay, all right. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent, and and with that humor, because that's one way to knock out those cortisol hormones and to yes. <clears throat> create the positive ones. Let's go to break and then continue this when we come back. I'm your host, Dr. Paula, the Life Doctor, and you're listening to Uplift Your Life, Nourishment of the Spirit. While you're listening to the commercials, click on the link to sign up for my newsletter. You'll receive the free chapter on my ultimate creative problem-solving process for my best-selling book, which will help you release hidden fears and blockages to hearing your soul, your true self, your inner wisdom, healing at deep levels, and getting what you truly truly want in life. This process came to me in that space that Robert Moss talked about between sleeping and waking. It was a gift from the spiritual realm that helps my clients align their conscious and unconscious mind and move forward with ease and speed. They change from the inside out, creating lasting change and self-empowerment. 
now on your paper, write down what you're going to do to start helping your children cope with their fears and stress. Stay tuned. We'll be right back with Dr. Arthur Sierra Micoli, who's back to tell us how to help our children cope with fear, stress, and chaos. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com Time for a fresh perspective. From leadership development to team building and re-imaging your mission, Dr. Paula has game-changing speeches and presentations crafted just for you. She has helped leading experts solve their key challenges and can help you too while reducing stress and increasing your profitability. With Dr. Paula, you will find common ground in innovative solutions. Start now with a free consultation. Call Dr. Paula, the Life Doctor, today at 214-208-3533 or visit paulajoyce.com. Be the best that you can be. Dr. Paula invites you to meet with her for a -a one-of-a-kind breakthrough coaching session. Dissolve hidden barriers to your goals, solve your most challenging problems, and unleash your inner power. Visit PaulaJoyce.com or call Dr. Paula, the Life Doctor, at 214-208-3533 to find out more and to schedule your free consultation. Whether it's individual or group, business or personal, attain success with ease. Mention that you heard this on Uplift Your Life and receive 10% off your first service. Call 214-208-3533 or visit PaulaJoyce.com today. Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. You are listening to Uplift Your Life, Nourishment of the Spirit with Dr. Paula Joyce. To reach the show today, please call 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to Dr. Paula Joyce at gmail.com. Now, back to Uplift Your Life, Nourishment of the Spirit. If you're just tuning in, I'm your host, Dr. Paula, the Life Doctor. Welcome back to Uplift Your Life, Nourishment of the Spirit. And I hope you wrote down what you're going to do to start helping your children cope with their fears and stress. I'm so glad we're here with Dr. Arthur Sierra Micoli to talk more about helping our children cope with fear, stress, and chaos. Uh, Arthur, as we were talking during the break... Um, and in addition to sharing some laughter, a lot of us are empaths, and children, most of us as adults who are empaths don't even know what that is or what we um, or what is is causing us so much additional stress. How can we help children identify if they're an empath? and the increased stress that puts on them and how to cope with that? Well, that's an important question, Paula. I think one of the things that that I try to teach, and I emphasize it in the book, is that empathy is not an emotion. It's it's a capacity to understand and respond to the unique experiences of another. It's essential everyday mind reading. So it's part of our genetic endowment. It's not an emotion or a feeling, but a capacity that's innately present. And, and we're born with this capacity, and some people develop it more so than others because it's, it's, it, it, like it's, it will atrophy. It's like an unused muscle if you don't practice it. So if you're in families where people are particularly sensitive or tuned in emotionally, 
and sometimes even negatively tuned in emotionally, you can develop a high level of empathy. But empathy also teaches us who to get close to and who to stay away from. You know, it's an assessment tool. So a lot of times people will say to me, well, I have too much empathy. And I say, well, you can't have too much empathy because now we're getting empathy confused with sympathy. You know, and empathy is often confused with sympathy because sympathy is, is opposed to empathy occurs when we identify with another person. Like you say, oh, you know, my father has cancer. And I say, oh, my father has cancer. It must be horrible. And uh, I know exactly how you're feeling. Well, I don't know exactly how you're feeling because you may have an entirely different relationship with your father than I have with mine. So sympathy rushes in with identification and can get become very stressful because it always rem- reminds you of something in your own history and oftentimes something unresolved in your own history. Where empathy is more of an assessment tool. Empathy is a, a slower pro- process. It, has, it slows us down to ascertain the facts. So I think sometimes the idea of an empath means, well, I'm always taking in other people's emotions. Well, that may be because you're using sympathy rather than empathy. I know it's a fine distinction. But again, empathy is more fact-oriented, and it's a slower, more thoughtful process. If you're reacting quickly and you're absorbing other people's emotions quickly, it usually means you're using sympathy, you're identifying with them. You're assuming you know what they experience, but you really haven't ascertained the facts yet. That's a really profound difference and important distinction that can help us separate out what's going on within ourselves and therefore how to have healthier relationships and better emotional health ourselves. Yes, yes. And, you know, as I mentioned, we all have the capacity for empathy. We know it's part of our endowment. But if if we haven't been taught how to be empathic and if we haven't received enough empathy, it kind of lies dormant. It's, it's fascinating with, with kindergarten and first grade teachers, even preschool teachers will tell you that the studies have shown, for instance, that boys and girls have similar levels of empathy at those ages. But when you get kids into the third and fourth grade, you see a difference. Why? Because in our culture still, even in 2017, boys aren't supposed to be empathic. So, the, the, you know, depending on how they're particularly their fathers relate to them, it's almost, they're almost encouraged to have it lie dormant. You know, they're almost said, you know, that's more feminine than masculine. So it gets confusing. And then they come to people like us in their 40s and 50s, and we have to unravel and uncover the empathic capacity that they've always had that's kind of gone underground because it's not seen as part of the male identity, unfortunately. Well, and talk about causing stress when we have to deny our natural tendencies because it's not safe, it's not acceptable. Yes. And, you know, and I, and, I, and I do in general find that more common with men than women because, and I'm generalizing, but, you know, a lot of men, and I have, you know, I have more men in my, my group therapy sessions now than I've ever had in my career um, because, you know, it, it, coming to see someone like yourself or myself is not, the stigma isn't so attached anymore. And a lot of people in the business world, the corporate world, you know, they're hard driving and, um, and, and they, they tend to think that just sort of working, you know, long hours is a good thing. You know, it's, it's almost a prideful thing that you work yourself into ill health. And, um, 
it's very unfortunate that you you have to actually teach people to be empathic again. And I always say to them, you know, I'm I'm really not as interested in finding out what's wrong with you. I'm trying to uncover what's always been right with you, but it has lied dormant. And I believe oh. that 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 goodness and that empathic capacity is in within every human being. It's just that it's covered over by either either an inauthentic personality or a way of trying to pretend that you fit in a certain role or a certain gender. I, that's, that's so powerful. And what flew into my mind was a memory of when my father was on his deathbed, literally. I mean, it was just a few hours before he actually died. And, you know, he was in one of those lucid moments that happens um, – often shortly before someone dies. And he said to me, I was a good father, wasn't I? And I was stunned. I had no idea what I was going to say to him in the last hours of his life when um, he had been emotionally and psychologically abusive. And I, I, but I, it, that was not the time for that conversation. Mm. And then he saved me because he said... I was a good provider, wasn't I? Oh, he and changed. He changed the language. Exactly, and yeah. that I could wholeheartedly say yes to. But there yeah. was such sadness for me in the fact that he denied the joy of parenting and the possibility of a healthy relationship because he was so tied to the notion that he was just a vehicle to make money. For his yeah. family. Yeah, so he, he was thinking of himself in a more functional way rather right. than a, a warmer or more connected way. Yeah, and that denied him that aspect of his own humanity and yeah. his own yeah. needs. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and I wonder how many people, like you say, still in 2017, still are... Um, are chained into slavery with these false ideas about who they have to be. Yes. You know, one of the chapters in, in the stress solution that people have reacted to most interestingly is the chapter on authenticity. And because I, and I wrote that, person, that, that chapter because, you know, I, I so believe, and I think you're, you're really in that area in what you're thinking of and, and remembering about your dad, Paul, is that, when we substitute our natural personality for one that's either trying to gain acceptance or, or live according to a certain role of what we think we should be, it's, it's a failing proposition because, you know, that kind of pretense or inauthenticity, inauthenticity <laughs> is depleting. And it makes us difficult. It makes it difficult to maintain intimacy, and you know, because closeness to others is based on being open, genuine, and vulnerable, being yourself. And it's so hard for people that have grown up thinking that they're not good enough, or you don't measure up, or you have to be a certain way. You can't. You can't uncover who you really are inside, because when we do that, we're more we're we're more comfortable with ourselves. We're more comfortable in our own skin, and we make other people feel more comfortable. Uh, exactly, and I think that carries over to the parent-child relationship because there has to be anger, resentment of denial of the self in order to play some false role. And yes. if you can't be yourself, then you've got to resent the people 
who who you think are forcing you into that role. Yes, and and so many people, I I, I agree, Paul, and so many people don't even know that's happening. You know, and I think it's it's why um, you know I talk about performance addiction in the group. This this accent on achievement and appearance, and and not knowing really who you are, but only thinking that you're lovable for what you do or how you look, and it promotes people to you know engage in what I call image love. They don't really love the heart and soul of another person. They fall in love with images because they're projecting an image too. And, and neither party are very genuine or open with each other. And it's amazing, you know, when they're in your office and they're talking and they've been married 20, 30 years and you realize how little they know about each other. And, and isn't that sad that if life is truly about love and connection, if we're here, which I believe, to grow in love and in compassion, and how better to do that than through... Uh, the love of each other, of of our mates, of our um, the, the people who we care about in our life, our children, our families, who we're closest to, and to um, to have these false ideas separating us from yes. that joy. Yes. Yes. Go ahead. Well, it's it's ironic that you know so many people in our society who are moving so fast and working so hard to perfect themselves and you know we have perfectionism is perfectionism has become a part of our culture and they're really they're really doing all of this to be loved to be respected and they don't realize that what most people are attracted to is being real being authentic because uh, it, it makes us it reduces the other people's tendency to be on guard it relaxes other people and it makes you feel like you can have flaws, you can make mistakes, and you can be still accepted in light. So, you know, authenticity attracts, it creates an inner calm, and, and it helps us actualize our potential, and it frees us up to have more energy that, because the stress of pretending takes an enormous amount of energy, and it causes an enormous amount of stress and anxiety. And we're also then showing our children and teaching them what really counts in life. I remember one psychologist who, um, I think he talked about the inner child and grew up in a um, very poor family with like 11 siblings and no money, but he said there was always love to go around. He had more wealth than most who grow up in fancy homes and are deprived of the joy and love that um, family, only family, can can give us. Yes, 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 absolutely. It, in the end, if we fail at love, I think we fail at life. And that's why, you know, working through our past and, and the issues that we have conflict with from our past and rewriting our story, because everybody writes a story about themselves early in life that's part fiction, and we have to rewrite it, get objective feedback from rational people, caring people in our adult life, to find out who we truly are. And once we do that, when we can, once we can settle in and come to terms with who we are, the pluses and minuses in our personalities, then we can relax, let go, be ourselves, and enjoy life. And as you said before, then we become more grateful. You know, resentful people kind of think they always should be given to, where people who have humility they expect to give and take much joy in giving. They take more joy in giving than receiving. 
And we know through brain science that when you give, you actually change your brain chemistry for the better much more than when you take. And on that note, I have to close this portion of our um, show, which um, is always hard for me, um, and especially with you, because it's such a wonderful uh, experience to have you on the show. So thank you so very much for sharing you and your knowledge and wisdom. Thank you. Well, thank you very much, Paul. I really appreciate the opportunity to, to talk with you and your listeners. I appreciate it very much. Thank you. Um, and I'd like to thank my listeners for joining us for Uplift Your Life, Nourishment of the Spirit. Uh, click on the link for my resources page to purchase the stress solution. Go to my store to purchase my ebook. Then learn about my services, including coaching, speaking, hands-on healing, remote healing, past life regression, sponsor, sponsor one of my experiential workshops like Finding the Silver Linings or Overcoming Abuse. And if you mention this show, you get a 10% new client discount on my coaching, which I do in person over Skype or on the phone. When you work with me, you get support, guidance, and healing from the spiritual realm. The archangels, angels, masters, and guides of a high and positive spiritual nature work through me and directly with my clients. We connect and remove hidden blockages and connect your mind, body, and soul, resulting in faster progress and profound healing emotionally, mentally, and physically. My private and corporate clients improve their families, health, and relationships, and finances. Click on the link to contact me and see for yourself. Then click on the link to register for my financial abundance workshop. Please join us next Thursday. When with Bailey Gaddis, we'll talk about being a feng shui mommy on May 25th. When yoga teacher Danielle Dusky will talk about liberating the witch within. And on June 1st, when Dr. Linda Lerhaupe will talk about mindfulness-based stress reduction. This is Dr. Polly, your CM or chosen mom as designated by Bernie Siegel. Remember, you are loved. All is love. Just let that feeling wash over you and through you. Have a blessed week. Thank you for tuning in to Uplift Your Life, Nourishment of the Spirit. Please join Dr. Paula Joyce and her guest experts next Thursday at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, 11 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Until then, have a positive week. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.